Welcome to Mental Health Film Comet. This is Brian here with you. Inside Out is the 2015 film about feelings, which was uh, discussed on, on a prior episode, but some movies, you know, let's be honest, are really, really good, um, you know, avenues and, and, and um, what's I'm looking for? Draw to Blake, like right at the intro, that's, that's not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, not good at all. Uh, but um, should I keep, should I keep recording or should I do a redo? Should I do redo? That's up to you. My guest. Okay. I you know. What? I'm just going to keep this going because that's part of what the fun of podcasting is. Even though it's it is, yeah, like fun right at this moment. So, so this other that other voice you hear is um, is our guest today, who's going to be talking about many of the themes covered in, in the film. Um, so joining us today is Madison Eshelman. Uh, founder of Grief and Groundwork, a uh, program for uh, dealing with um, grief and depression and, and anxiety. Uh, Madison, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, I'm excited. Um, so I, um, hopefully there won't be any more stumbles in, 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 in my speech. That's kind of, it's kind of like I, t I tell myself I'm not going to do editing and then boom, look what happens. It's okay. I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's relatable. It's human. It's good. Yeah. yeah. So um, I do want to mention um, a few resources uh, up front. I know that there are a couple different crisis text lines available. I know in the U.S. you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 852 Five, eight. Depending upon where you are in the world, uh, check your local listings, as they say. Uh, Madison, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Um, what and what I was getting at, as far as like what I had stumbled over, is Inside Out. It, it really is just a wonderful movie that essentially normalizes having a wide myriad of feelings. Yes, that's not really talked about as often as it should be you know what i mean that's yeah, I think that, definitely. That's, I think that's kind of what resonated with so many people when that came out and it still resonates with people uh today was yeah. just that wide range of emotion from the 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 happy thoughts to the not so happy thoughts yeah and just thing that um dramatized to um to the extent that it was i think is is continues to inspire episodes such as this one. Yeah, and I, something that really stood out to me about it is the fact that showing like depression in a children's movie, I feel like is very rare. And I thought that was incredible because so much of mental health is not really taught to children. Um, something I'm really passionate about is just, you know, normalizing it for everybody. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. I think that's what that, that did um, inside out has done is normalizing those feelings. Yeah. Can I ask you something just, and this will sound like terribly out of left field, but it, it kind of touches on what you just said. Do you yeah. often hear criticisms of discussion in schools and talking about like for for um you know kindergarten you know first grade, whatever like early early childhood um mm -hmm. of school have you heard those criticisms where it's like you can't talk about it because it, it will put it in their heads to, have you heard that yeah. those, and and i hear those yeah. criticisms it's like wait a second isn't it like cart before the horse kind of criticism because yeah if, 
if the kids are already feeling that way, mm-hmm. I don't see how having it in the classrooms would introduce that into their heads if they're already feeling that way. Yeah, you know and I mean? honestly, I think something that could uh, solve that problem, even though I don't think it is one, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, I could see maybe talking about like depression, schizophrenia, uh-huh. anxiety, right? Like yeah. these really like intense labels might be really heavy for a kid, but that's why like, I think just normalizing feeling, you know, kids yeah, have feeling. And so we could say, you know, do you feel really sad? Do you feel really angry? Do you feel um, afraid? And you don't need to say, do you feel depressed, right? Yeah, absolutely. To have it be just very open-ended as far as where what they would. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I um, I agree. So 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 having um, made, made a, a huge boo-boo introducing the show and, and going off on uh, somewhat of a, of a tangent, um, I don't think I've, I've, so we probably should rewind a bit and, and give a proper introduction. Um, yeah. to you. <laughs> what, um, what um, said you on, on your journey into the, you know, the, the wild and wonderful world of, um, <laughs> you know, mental health and, yeah. um, and, and talking about this? Yeah, so my uh, degree is in psychology. Um, and following, um, following college, I went into social work, I've worked in addictions, treatment facilities for youth, treatment facilities um, and uh, like homeless shelters and stuff. Uh, So yeah, I've worked with like every age range for all different sorts of um, issues, mental health concerns. Um, And then in November of 2019, I lost a loved one to suicide and decided to step away from social work. Uh, For me, social work, Interestingly enough, I struggled with it a lot because I never really felt like I could make a really big difference. It felt very um, regulated, which is sometimes good and sometimes makes it a little uh, stale and unhelpful. So I guess I just was, so at the time I was working in a homeless shelter and for families, um, which is like a lot of single moms and children. And I felt like, you know, and everyone has this complaint in social work. I feel like there's so much paperwork. There's so many rules and regulations that obviously are meant to keep everybody safe, but also in the same time kind of uh, stops real growth from happening. It's just what I was noticing. Um, I didn't ever feel like I was making lasting impact. And, um, you know, and then, you know, obviously on top of my own grief with losing a loved one to suicide, I um, stepped down from that position. And after about six months of intense therapy, I did some EMDR and then my own grief coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt so natural uh, for me to step into posi- the position of creating grief and groundwork. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so now I'm doing grief, anxiety, and depression coaching full-time. And it's amazing and wonderful. You know, I'm still doing my own therapy, my own, I have my own grief coach and all of that too. And just helping other people in that same journey. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, I I do want to say how how sorry I am for for your loss. I'm sorry to to hear that. Thank you. 
Um, one, one thing I wanted to ask you that kind of jumped out at me is you had mentioned the, the, the ethical um, considerations that are, are often dictating a lot of, um, a lot of care. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but for, for me, and I, I work in insurance in, 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 my, uh, in my, my day job, my, um, you know, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. the whole, uh, you know, I wish I could do this full time, but I, you know, for now it's, you know, part time. Uh, yeah. But um, so from that perspective, it often seems like a lot of the ethical guidelines are less about ethics per se than they are about risk management insofar yeah. as not doing anything that would, because there's different lines, and you might know this, there's different lines of business that counselors and, and other areas of practice have, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. um, errors, you know, diff- different lines of, I'm drawing a blank on some of, some, of the, some of the names, but comparable to liability insurance. So yeah, in definitely. order to prevent, in, other, in, in order to continue their, their, their business practices and continue the licensing, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. they need to have, you know, some risk management guidelines in place yeah. to maintain insurance and to maintain and, and any number of different boxes they need to check to stay in business. So I guess what I'm getting at is, do you think that the, a lot of the do's and don'ts as far as the business side of it are more, have more to do with that than with whether it's actually, you know, ethical or unethical per se? Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of it too um, is also tied to just funding in general. Um, I mean, I could take this so many different ways, but I think too, just about like, there was times like with the homeless shelter, for example, that I would, you know, want to give somebody uh, a ride to a doctor's appointment because they were pregnant or something. And the rules said that I couldn't. Um, under certain circumstances, right? I could under some circumstances and couldn't under other circumstances. And I just found it so bizarre, um, like that, like that situation that I wouldn't be able to just one human to another human, like get them to the hospital or something there. That's where, you know, there was just so many different rules and like with funding there, that was a funding issue. You know, we only had so much funding for, uh, transportation let's say a year and so it could only be these certain situations a certain number of times and you know i get it but i just don't function well in that environment correct well um and and as far as inside out um and i I had mentioned this on 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 the prior episode that we Mm -hmm. um this film was discussed, but I lost my brother um, a few years ago, um, mm-hmm. unrelated to, well, at least not directly, you know, unrelated, but but semi-related to mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And do you know what the first movie I saw was after, after, what mm-hmm. uh, one guess what the first movie was? <laughs> um, I'm assuming Inside Out. <laughs> yep. And, and what, you know, and I didn't realize what I got to see yeah uh, that what i'd be going into because it's despite yeah, a heavy being, one yeah, yeah yeah despite being a pixar movie it's not a 
super happy, happy rainbows and unicorns sort of movie. Yeah. It, it just, you know, the parts of it that are, mm-hmm. but <laughs> going from, you know, uh, you know, a memorial service one day to, you know what, I got to go to a movie today to that. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, I saw Trainwreck, that Amy, Amy Schumer comedy, um, I think, sec- which is what I wish I had seen first. <laughs> Because yeah. that, one, that one was more uh, lighthearted and, you know, at yeah. least a few brain cells. Yeah, Inside um, Out is not lighthearted at all. <laughs> true, true. Um, now, as far as grief, what, because I know there's the, the textbook definition of, of grief, mm-hmm. which often isn't the most accurate as far as mm-hmm. most people's, you know, usage of the term. But what, what as far as what we're talking about today, uh, what, what is grief? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because it can seem like a really basic question, but I think it's complex. Um, I think when you say grief, people automatically think of like death or like a really major life event. Um, And I think grief is everywhere all the time. Um, And I think you were even mentioned before this, like the like grieving that a mall is closing down. Mm -hmm. Is it, yeah, like yeah, yeah, and just uh, yeah, I think I mentioned you off mic before we um, started yeah. recording. Is I am feeling because this is being recorded. Um, just to put this in context, there mm-hmm. is a mall near nearby um, that is closing, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm bummed out about it. <laughs> yes. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie. I really because because I, I walked through there um, actually earlier today, as a matter of fact, and just the feeling of. You know, no mall sounds. Typically, you hear like you know people mm-hmm. or else music on the, on the PA system. Uh, even like a, a, I didn't realize this, but just quick tangent. Uh, there's have you ever heard the term vaporwave? There's apparently like a subgenre of music called vaporwave. If you <laughs> want to Google it, it I, I'm serious. There, there I've is, not heard uh, of it. So end of tangent. Back back to the story. Um, but it just felt so um, last man on earth and like so deserted. It, it was like, yeah, what you know, like like losing someone in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so that's what I was referring to um, prior prior to um, this. But you know what I mean? It's just it it feels like not quite losing someone because not the same thing. But there is still a sense of loss. Yeah, grief. For that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I was actually really glad that you mentioned that because so many people have so much shame around their grief um, and they wouldn't say that they're grieving the fact that a mall is closing or um, grieving the facts, I don't even know, that they're changing positions at work or just something that, that might seem really small and people will start comparing their pain like, oh, there's people starving in the world. There's people that are homeless. Like my, this is small. And I think that's really problematic. I think empathy is really good and noticing other people's problems, but something that my program really aims to do is just normalizing grief in the small things because grief to me is in, is in everything. Um, in relationships, you know, things change. It doesn't mean they're changing for the worse, but we can grieve change um, in any capacity. So yeah, I think to answer your question, grief is in everything, (laughs) which sounds really depressing, but I don't think that it needs to be. I think um, grief is change in a lot of ways. Well, do you think we live in a society where there's a lot of, for lack of a better word, grief shaming? 
where yeah. if someone, like you said, if, if, oh, how, how dare you feel this this way when there's people, do you feel that there's a lot of, of grief shaming? Oh, definitely. Or, and if, if not even from other people, from ourselves. Um, yeah, I think it all, so much of that is rooted in shame that we kind of take on at the beginning of our lives and then continuously throughout, right? We're just constantly shaming ourselves and others for feeling. And I think a lot of that is projection because, you know, we are not giving ourselves permission to feel because we're too embarrassed or we're too ashamed. So then we put that on other people and just kind of make this pattern in society of just numbing and faking it and pretending and running from our feelings and, Yeah. Well, the people you're working with, is it, is it kind of a mix of situations that, that bring them to, to the table in terms of losing a loved one versus mm-hmm. a, a job change or what, what sort of cross-section are, are you seeing with the people yeah. that you're working with? So um, people going through a divorce, um, breakups, mm-hmm. grieving the loss of someone through death, um, also just people with anxiety and depression in general, because again, my perspective is um, in depression and anxiety. And this is something that is not, I wouldn't say is the most popular belief, but it's becoming more and more normalized, I think in the mental health world, um, is that even though depression and anxiety can be genetic, a lot of the times, and maybe more times than not, who knows, I don't, I'm not a researcher, more times than not, I think it's, um, our inability to grieve, um, that when we stuff our feelings down over and over and over and over again, we just become numb, which is depression, or we become so overwhelmed, AKA anxiety, because we're not processing like all these things that are happening to us. And I think when you get really severely depressed people, maybe even on top, on top of having a genetic issue, which is totally possible to have both, right? Genetic and then environmental. But I think it's a result uh, oftentimes of lack of knowledge on how to grieve well. Oh, absolutely. Now, and on that point, I think there's a lot of rushing to diagnose people with something that that they don't, which, which is not fair to people who, you know, haven't experience had lost and they're being put into the same box as those who, you know what I mean? So it, it mm-hmm. seems like there's like a rush to find a diagnosis for everyone. Yeah. You know, oh, you I over agree. there, you, you get to, you get to be bipolar, you over here, you get to, you know, and it's like, there's not a lot of time to process what's going on in the rush to, to diagnose everyone. Yes. And I also think too, you know, come like if you're a mental health professional, you understand that like that that can ebb and flow and that can change. But as just a regular person, right, who doesn't maybe have a background in mental health, you go to the doctor and you're like, oh, I have this label severely depressed. So many people think that that's a label that they have to wear forever. And that's where I think the problem comes. And something that I'm trying to do with my clients is saying like, yes, maybe you are depressed. But it's the same as saying you're hungry, you know, hungry comes and goes, depression can come and go, anxiety can come and go. And there's ways to solve hunger, you eat, there's ways to solve depression, you feel, 
and you know that's yeah that's what yeah, i so aim to normalize exactly so it sounds like you're working with you know both sides of you know i don't want to say sides but, but both you know areas of, of mm-hmm. approach the ones who want to have a diagnosis of everything and 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 the ones who want you know a more nuanced um approach it sounds like you're working with with all areas mm-hmm. of, of mental and health. i don't and just to be clear i don't diagnose because you know that's not my <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i don't exactly. have the authority yeah. to do so um but whatever they bring to the table, whether they have a diagnosis, you know, even if they come to the table with a diagnosis, uh-huh. I'll say, you know, this, if this feels good to you, if this feels like it gives a voice to these feelings, then yeah. absolutely let's like use this word. But for people that come to me, that's like, I hate this label. I, yeah. I don't, you know, then I'll, okay, let's not use this word. Let's just say like, let's explain it in these terms. And I think, yes, like, everyone needs something different um, in terms of labels or not labeling. Yeah. Cause in, I know in, in, in the film inside out, the characters are essentially the, 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 these feelings and in real life, if this were to be a real, you know, and it is realistic as far as, you know, feelings and um, you know, a basic overview. So it is realistic as far as that goes, but mm-hmm. in terms of, day-to-day life with a myriad of emotions it's much more than than five or six or yeah you know it's probably at least you know a half dozen you know more than more than that yeah Yeah. much more than that and it would be probably a four or five hour movie if you were to have characters for all the (laughs) different range of 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 characters Mm -hmm. uh, encompassing all the 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 range of feelings so each Mm -hmm. of those feelings as depicted in the movie they probably have any number of different siblings and offspring of various degrees of anger various yeah. degrees of of sadness and uh because there, there's no way that it can it can only be like just that that feel. and it does feel like very few in a way because mm-hmm. i think i think they're more so the core emotions exactly yeah. right and then you know we could expand which i i really appreciate that they did that honestly you know the the core emotions that are usually what's hiding underneath all of those other feelings that we're having. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. was there something that stuck out at you in, in the movie as far as like a scene or something yes. that you always remember in the film? There's two scenes that really stand out to me. Um, one I think is maybe what stands out to a lot of people which is the scene where um the little girl i forget her name is getting on the bus um to like run away and there's like you just like see the lights turn off in her and i just remember watching that and feeling so seen as somebody who suffered from depression and just being like oh my like my breath was taken away i was just like i cannot believe that they have depicted this feeling so well, like she went from this happy, like vibrant little girl. And that was Riley is the girl's name. Riley, Riley. So she went from this vibrant, happy, like little girl who loved talking and playing and doing sports and all these things. And uh, to just like a zombie of a person. Mm -hmm. And that really just stood out to me because I was just thankful for the depiction yeah. Yeah. Uh, for everybody who has struggled with depression. And then in, in 
in the same kind of way, I don't know that I have a visual for this, but something that stood out to me about the film in general was that without sadness, you have depression. So it wasn't just joy that was missing, right? Like from the control panel. Yeah. It was also that sadness was like away from the control panel. And I loved that. I think that meant so much to me because that kind of goes back to my belief of we need to feel all of our feelings. And a lot of times people are depressed, which this seems like an oxymoron because they're not feeling their sadness. (laughs) And, you know, it's, you know, we numb, we run away from our sadness because it's so painful. And that makes a lot of, a lot of self-medicating. Yes. Just all the, all the self-medicating stuff that Mm -hmm. doesn't eliminate those, you know, temporarily it it might, Mm -hmm. but then it wears off and then, you know, you're back to square one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for, excuse me, gotta take a drink. For depression, a lot of people, I think the assumption is like, oh, they don't have any joy. (laughs) But the reality is like, no, it's all numb, you know? And I, I think it was funny and really clever that anger and I think it was disgust or something mm-hmm. anger and disgust were left behind <laughs> and yeah. because I feel like you know that's also something like you're just like kind of irritable and angry and just over you know that sort of thing overwhelmed mm-hmm. when you feel numb like that that's still kind of there sometimes where you're just like so irritable so disgusted and we need sadness and happiness or joy or whatever she is to integrate all together i just loved that i loved how they did that oh absolutely and just you know feeling all those emotions basically Mm -hmm. i mean it's um and this is for some reason i i don't get the sense that this is a movie that we'll ever see a sequel for and and, and nor nor should anyone want a sequel for inside (laughs) out because i don't know how it would because if that's a basic less like the movie is sort of like a, a movie with, with a moral in many ways mm-hmm. like a, like with a like a message sort of movie yeah and so how would you do a sequel what you know what i mean Gosh, it's i don't like, know yeah because if you already told told the story and the, and the moral of the story was already told you know what I mean? What more mm-hmm. could you tell? I, I know that someone with Pixar probably could think of a story, but <laughs> I don't know if it would, it would probably run out of like how Toy, Toy Story, you know, four, you know, and yeah. it, it keeps going and going and you're watching and going, okay, well, what's the story here? Um, you know what I would want to see? Yeah. Obviously, like this would be such a strange movie, yeah. <laughs> but I would love to see just kind of like a side-by-side, like a different version if she had learned how to grieve. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like an alter, like a alternate Riley, like Riley yeah, alternate. Like, yeah. I guess I just question, like, what would happen if she was given space to grieve? You know, yeah. like, yeah. you know, her parents were fighting. Her, they were like everyone's struggling, right? No one, yeah. no one's at fault. But I just wonder what would happen if they went to her and said it's okay that you're angry. It's okay that you're sad. Like, let's grieve together. I'm sad too. Um, It's okay that you're missing your friends. We can cry together. You know, just like those kind of, the giving permission Mm -hmm. to just be 
upset to be, to be pissed off, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, drawing a blank right now, which, which is not good. As like I said, this is, uh, um, it's okay. yeah, so it does, I'm going to work through that. I'm going to, I'm going to talk through that. Um, yes. but what, what would you, what would you say for, for those who may be listening, who are going through a, you know, a rough time and, and those who might not, you know, they might not be out, get out of bed today because it's just yeah. not, what would you, what would you say for those who are just in a really bad place today? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say I've been there. Mm -hmm. um, which I say as a way to hopefully instill some sort of hope because, you know, I've been severely depressed, severely anxious. Um, the epitome of what I felt was hopelessness. Uh, so it's pretty wild that I'm here able to, you know, be on this podcast with you today in spite of all that. But I would say, um, not to be too cheesy, but there's hope. And that hope is in facing the pain, which sounds so counterproductive and so miserable for everybody who's hurting beyond like measure. Uh, but getting support and working through the, the wounds. So I think a lot of times we focus on the symptoms, especially in our society, right? Yeah. Um, we feel uncomfortable. So we, we, address that symptom by taking medicine. We address that symptom by uh, binge eating, binging Netflix, yeah. drinking, smoking, working out in excess. Like yeah. we're always trying to like treat a symptom and not to say medication is bad. You know, it's yeah. very helpful for a lot of people, but I also, like we mentioned earlier, um, it's not getting down to the root of the problem. Yeah. So for people who aren't able to get out of bed or who are constantly in anxiety attacks and all this stuff, I would just say, get support in how to face the wound, not the symptom. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as we wind down, I, I do want to um, mention a few more resources um, for everyone yeah. out there. I know that there is... Uh, Mental Health America. Uh, their website is mhanational.org. Uh, there's also NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, nami.org. There's also madinamerica.com, as people have mentioned. Um, now, how would people get in contact with you if they wanted to learn more about the, the programs that you're doing? Yes. So um, I have a website. It's Madison with one D. Uh, S-H-E-A, so madisonshea.com. Um, also, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at grief and spelled out grief and groundwork. Um, on Instagram, I try to post stuff almost daily and uh, Facebook, I'm not as good, but I do have a private Facebook group that you can ask to join to kind of be in conversation and you know, anyone can feel free to DM me or reach out, but on the website is a form that you can fill out to schedule kind of like a free uh, consultation for us to get to know each other and see if the yeah. program would be a good fit. But yeah, I would love to connect with any, any of the listeners. Um, very uh, definitely. And, and I appreciate what, what you're doing. Cause it sounds like yeah. you've been on, on both sides of you know, of all of this, you know, working through the, you know, the, the system, so to speak, and mm -hmm. then, um, you know, working through to the other side of it. So yeah. I, I definitely can appreciate that. Mm, yeah. So, um, well, thank you so much for uh, being here today. I, I appreciate it. 
Yeah, well, it was, it was great. Thank you so much. All right. And thank you, those of you at home or wherever you may be. Um, stay safe, everyone. And uh, talk to you next time. Uh, bye.